Warning, this podcast was produced by two men who still think that swearing is both big and clever. As a result, it contains quite a lot of it. Therefore, this podcast is not suitable for children, unless they're really fucking cool children. Yes, people, welcome to another episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. This one is the one we've not been looking forward to. Cliff Richard, the album. Cliff Richard, let me say it again. Cliff Richard, the album. Do we like this? Uh, I mean, I'll be honest with you, no, we fucking don't. But it's quite a good episode in some ways, so uh, dig in and enjoy. Uh, what else has been going on? I've been busy, man, as always. I'm running on the Edge Comedy uh, every Friday now. I've got extra shows in. It, it was well, It's not every Friday, actually. We don't do the second Friday of the month. But, yeah, most Fridays we run on the Edge Comedy at the Carolina Brunswick. Every Friday, every Saturday, I'm running the Late Show at the Electric Arcade. Uh, as of this Wednesday, I am emceeing the new Brighton Grin competition at uh, the Electric Arcade as well. Uh, Electric Arcade is a great little venue run by my friends at Other Place, uh, who I do the Late Show with all summer long. Um, so, yeah, if you're in Brighton, Electric Arcade is definitely the spot to go to to check out some new comedy so give that a go in addition to that i'm getting my pro nights up and running again i've got a great gig on the 7th on the 18th of december with zoe lyon uh, up in wood dean i've got a gig in uh, november in alfriston if you're in any of those places definitely come along and check things out but yeah things are going really really well man uh just super super busy as always uh, being a new dad is exhausting i uh, i mean my wife will listen to this and laugh in my face because she does way more than i do but uh, nonetheless it's tiring uh recovering well from my operation thank you for anyone that asked genuinely had to have my eyes sliced open fucking wasn't a lot of fun but there we go anyway uh with no further ado i'm going to crack on with this episode i hope you guys enjoy it as always get in touch with your feedback if you enjoy this episode, then feel free to contribute to uh, our PayPal. Uh, we earn every fucking penny of it this time round. Trust me, uh, listening to Cliff Richard recreationally is not something I saw myself doing, even in my 40s. Anyway, hope you enjoy this episode. Take it easy. Catch you next time. Later. Yes, people, welcome to another episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. My name is Dave Fensom. My name's Christy Greer. We are here with another wonderful podcast for you. I can't explain how excited we are to deliver this one uh, to you. But before we get to that, thank you very much for everyone that got in touch with us about our previous episode on David Bowie's Black Tie White Noise. Yeah. I think the consensus out there was uh, pretty much a very patchy uh, album. Some people more inclined to give it a bit of a rope than others. No one coming back to us going, uh, you idiots, this is an undiscovered classic. Uh, yes, no, we, we had none of that. Uh, no one was giving it 10 out of 10. Even the big boy fans were... 
properly willing to admit that maybe this isn't his high point. Absolutely. Um, But let's say whatever Bowie has done to us in the past, um, you know, I I doubt it's anything compared to what this man has done to Or today's podcast, yes, quite. Uh, If you've followed our social media, you might have seen us pretty much complaining and whinging that we were going to have to do this at all because today we are having to talk about Cliff Richard and his album, the album. Cliff Richard, the album. Yeah. 30 years into a career, Cliff, the album. He finally thought, mm. this is my definitive work. This is the album. Yeah. As you all know, um, we, we generally have a policy of not talking shit about records before we listen to them. We don't give out any opinions at all, but I've been fairly loose in the fact that uh, I didn't particularly want to listen to this Cliff Richard album. Mm. Um, I had an auntie that liked Cliff Richard growing up. Um, oh, right, yeah. So I've, I've heard quite a bit of it, um, and I, I had a fair opinion. Although you'd fair, uh, uh, you've heard some of this album before, or just Cliff in general? Well, I, she was still living in this country in 1993, so I would imagine I have heard this album. I mean, I, wow, I, I haven't right. taken any of it in. Okay, but, but it will have been on while you've been in the yeah, I mean, I think Crikey. she went to see him on this tour, as I can recall. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, Cliff Richard, it's a long and storied career. It started yes. in the 60s. He was very much one of those kind of, uh, you know, kind of part of that group of people jumping on the rock and roll bus, literally, in his case. Well, yeah. yeah. You know, he's got the hits with the shadows. He's got, he's got some tunes in the back catalogue. Oh, he absolutely does. Yeah, he, he really does. Um I was looking up just some facts about Cliff Richard in general, you know, Mm -hmm. trying to prep for this. And the career he's had, there are some astonishing facts about his record sales. This is his 31st album for a start. So he's, you know, he's just chucking them out. Um, It was the late 50s, I think maybe 58 or 59, he put his very first thing out. Uh, This is his 31st album. So he's released an average of one album every 1.4 years at this point. And how many average albums? No, I mean, I wonder how many actually reached that that That, that quite dizzy big, high yeah, of average. Yeah. average. Um, he has released over 47 studio albums to date. Mm-hmm. He has released 192 singles and EPs yep. in the UK, which means he has released approximately three singles every year, if you average that out. Which, you know, for someone who is, we're looking at a period of, what, coming up on 60 years. Yeah. That is insanity. That's absolute insanity. And let's be clear, Cliff Richard has been old as long as I can remember. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, in this album, in 93, he was 52 when this came out. Yeah, and that's not that old, though, is it? Oh, yeah. Shit, Jesus Christ, that's just around the corner that for me. Yeah. terrifying. God, he's 80 now, though. Is he? Yeah, he's 80. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he has sold uh, about 260 million records worldwide. If you take all albums, singles, and EPs into consideration, he's one of the best-selling music artists of all time. Um, he's the second highest-selling British male solo artist worldwide mm-hmm. after Elton John. Yep. Um, total sales of over 21.5 million singles in the UK, third top-selling artist in the UK singles chart history. Mm-hmm. You know, this is massive. Uh, just behind the Beatles and Elvis Presley. So that's where we are, where he's at. Um more than 130 of his singles and albums and EPs have reached the UK top 20, which is more than any other artist. Yeah. He's had 67 UK top 10 singles, 
which is the second highest total for an album, an artist behind Elvis Presley. And he's the only singer to have had a number one single in the UK in each of five consecutive decades. And yet, despite all of this, when he dies, the only thing anyone will really care about is whether or not he did all the kids. Well, yeah. No, exactly. Look, look it is a it is a, uh, a huge career. And just to be incredibly clear and legally compliant, there has never been any evidence uh, presented to any legal body that Cliff Richard did interfere with the kids. Nope. Uh, his, uh, his thing with the BBC was obviously uh, very well published and he was completely exonerated. So we we just basically say, draw your own conclusions. <laughs> that's, all we, that's all we say. We just yeah. say, look at the evidence in front of your eyes. Yep. Tell me what you think. Indeed. Because we have no opinion at all. Anyway, so by this point in his career, uh, Cliff had gone from being, you know, the kind of the happy-go-lucky, likely lad, the bachelor boy, as yeah. it were. Uh, he'd been on his summer holidays. He'd come back as a well-weathered, God-bothering mm-hmm. tennis aficionado. That's mm. where we are in his career. He's yeah. he's the housewife's favourite. He's very, very vocal about his uh, Christian beliefs, uh, and he's yeah. very, 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 very clean cut. That's where. Yeah, he is. he's exactly he from his kind of rock and roll beginnings. He is at this point the rock and roller that it's okay to like if you love Jesus because he's definitely clean living. You know, he's not going to be smoking a fag and uh, smashing bottles on the street. He's not that kind of hooligan. He is a god botherer. I just really love your definition of a hooligan. A hooligan, mate. Smoking you know, fags and smashing bottles on the street. The worst kind of hooligans. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you live in a 1950s sitcom? Oh, if only. If only you did. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, now he's, uh, you know, he's uh, he's very much in that kind of safe kind of got. So look, yeah. I mean, the, the question we always ask at this point is, uh, you know, were you aware of this at this time? Were you into it at this time? It's almost sure. a pointless question. It is entirely it? pointless. I don't remember this album coming out at all. I know, uh, obviously, everyone knows Cliff Richard. I knew who he was, but mm. I I had no idea this was even a thing. This album. No, no, yeah, no, I mean, no. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm vaguely aware of Cliff Richard. You know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm well aware of him. I know completely that he's not for me, mm-hmm. and he's not even in that kind of uh, bit of your parents' music that you're prepared to consider mm. might be all right because he has gone out of his way to brand himself as this very, very kind of Peter Panny, clean, yeah. middle of the road. You know, just straight down, non pedophile. Never ever gonna write something edgy. Uh, never going to surprise anybody, you know? I mean, he might surprise somebody at some point. Like jumping out of a darkened room. Well, just someone finding the keys to his dungeon. But... <laughs> Obviously, we're saying all this that Cliff is not for us, and you yeah. know, why do we even give a shit? Let's admit up the front that he has had a couple of good tunes. Oh, yeah, you know, absolutely. everyone is going to surely agree that he has had one or two actual really good singles. Yeah, you know, if we're talking about stuff, Devil Woman from 1976, brilliant, is song. a great tune. Yeah, you know, that was that was wicked. Um, I looked that up just uh, to see if it was one of his own or if it was a cover. It was written by a guy called Terry Britton, who also co-wrote What's Love Got To Do With It and We Don't Need Another Hero for Tina Turner. Cool. So good uh, pedigree there. Um, and I then went, I know that name. And that's because he wrote the, uh, one of the songs, uh, it was called Heaven Help for Lenny Kravitz on his Are You Gonna Go My Way? Oh, on. I feel like we might have discussed this. So we discussed this. him at that point, yeah. absolutely. But I would also say, people do love Wired for Sound. Yeah. yeah that's another okay. good single. The roller skating video, which mm-hmm. was filmed in Milton Keynes. Of course is, it was. Yeah. <laughs> of course, because that's what they did in Milton Keynes in 1981, was roller skates. Not a big fan of Wired for Sound myself. Oh, okay. I think it's all right. Um, we Don't Talk Anymore, 1979. Yeah, it's a good tune. But those are kind of the three that I would give a pass to. Uh, I mean, I, fair enough, Living Doll's a bit fun. Yeah, I mean, you know, and if you if you go if you go back to a summer holiday, that's a kind of a rock and roll yes. staple of its type. Oh, it totally is. I guess it's 
just for me, I think of that now as something that kids sing in a car on the way to the beach. It's like a, it's a nursery rhyme almost, that sort of thing. You, you, you're not standing up here when it's for the Millennium Prayer, which is Christmas number no, one? No, um, I did write uh, my three least favourite Cliff songs, and that's one of them there. Okay. Uh, uh, did you get uh, Mistletoe and Wine yeah, in there? Yeah, yeah that's uh, in that, there. That, that would be one. Absolutely. And I've also gone, just because it's so, why would you even bother... Wherever God Shines His Light. I remember that single. What about Lucky Lips? Don't remember it. Uh, it's from the original soundtrack of Summer Holiday. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Well, Luck, Lucky Lips. Lucky Lips. Lucky geez. Lips. That sounds like some sort of a, a toy that you order off a website and hope it comes in plain packaging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, as we know, Cliff Richard doesn't like swearing. Or smoking or breaking S- bottles in the street. Exactly. As, as doesn't like, he doesn't, doesn't like hooliganism. Yes. Um, so we have decided that we're going to try um, and not swear yeah. in, in this podcast. Yeah. Um, which, if you've listened to this podcast, you will understand... Uh, is going to be pretty difficult. I mean, there's a warning right at the start of every single episode saying, by the way, there's going to be a lot of swearing in this. Yeah. Um, so if you if you listen to this mainly for the swearing, yeah. um, I mean, I'm not going to say that you're going to be disappointed because I I've, I I think I might find it difficult not to swear at some points during this. Oh, sure. Um, <laughs> but I, I, just, I know how much we kind of do it without even thinking, so I'm going to try not to, but some are going to slip out. Yeah, anyway, so if Krista swears, you're going to hear this. <laughs> Uh huh. And if Dave lets out a curse word, you'll hear. There we go. We've got a couple of little buzzers. Yeah, we we we've actually spent actual money on these. Yeah, I, know. So, I like them. <laughs> so like you know you know when we say oh yeah like you know thank you for donating to the podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know like, it really helps us. This is the kind of shit that your money goes on. So you know. Oh. <laughs> well, I think we probably haven't started yet. So. That was just a practice. Uh, right? Can we just get something? Can I give me a couple of minutes? Just to, to get them just, all just, out. Oh, just, just give me a couple of seconds before we start, yeah? yeah. Oh, Cliff Richard is a fucking cunt. There we right, are. okay. We might not catch them all, but that uh, will be the sound that you'll hear if, if a swear word accidentally slips out. And the other thing that I uh, will probably be saying throughout this podcast is I've focused quite a bit on the songwriters of these songs because there are 16 different songwriters across the 14 songs. Um, you know, Cliff is basically not really writing any of his stuff anymore. He's getting people in and picking and choosing what he wants. So uh, just for something to talk about that isn't Jesus, we uh, might have a little bit of a discussion about who wrote this one and what else they're known for. So we'll be, do a bit of that. Right, okay. Well, let's uh, let's let's start, as we always do, with the album cover. My goodness. Actually, hold on. We're not going to class blasphemy as swearing, are we? Can we say Jesus Christ? Yeah, we can say that. I, I mean, okay. I don't know. I, I don't think he'd like it. No, I, I think if uh, I think if you if you're particularly blasphemous, I might buzz you. Okay, but uh, a, a passing. Oh my God, that's all right. Well, I mean, mm. in our, I think we're going to have to let it go because otherwise It'll we'll be, be here for pointless. too long. Yeah, fine. So look, we normally start with the album. Now this is a sepia tinged of a couple of pictures of Cliff yeah. looking. What I presume. He thinks a little bit edgy and a little bit rocking. Oh, sure. Well, he's wearing like leather trousers. Yeah. Now, yeah. if you take like a, a pared down dictionary definition of 
the word pornography. Oh, okay. As in an image that is designed to promote sexual thought. Yes, right, okay, sure. Then I would describe this album cover as the exact opposite oh, of pornography. Right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is what you would imagine to keep the wolf from the door. Yeah, literally. I mean, I, this is... The, uh, the, the, there are stains on my bed that have cleared up just by showing it this. <laughs> oh, God. God. I mean, they really are. It's, you know, I mean, I mean I've got a one-year-old child. There are no stains no, no, on my yeah, bed. Sure. No, uh, apart from vomit. <laughs> I mean, on the carpet in here where I get away from things, completely different matter. But, um, yes. Uh, oh, but the, the, the image that he's putting on here is just horrible. Because it is. It's a 52-year-old man trying to dress up like he's in his 20s and still a little bit tough. Yeah, now I'm. I can. I can hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. No, but <laughs> <laughs> okay. Try, try, try not to think about this from from like also looking at us. But you know, if you if you or I put on leather trousers and a leather jacket and yeah. went out and strutted our stuff on the street, people yeah. would look at us and go, "Look at those." And I'm going to say idiots, so uh, that you don't buzz me. Uh, yeah. I was ready to go. <laughs> yeah, indeed. But we would be getting flack for it, and rightly so. Yeah, I mean, Cl- Cliff, you've done yourself no favours here. Basically, what he looks like in this photo is um, half-melted waxwork of Victoria Beckham. Oh, wow, that's harsh. But yeah, okay. It does. Like- the back cover as well, I don't know if you saw the back cover. It's him in basically the same outfit, but uh, standing very straddle-legged yeah. in, in front of a microphone looking directly into camera. And it's oh, it's just disturbing. Now, see, I didn't look at it because what I've done here, and I'm going to be completely honest, is the contractual minimum of time <laughs> with this album that I was spent to. Uh, whereas yeah. other albums I have listened to four or five times, I have listened to this through... Three times. Oh right, okay. I listened to it wow. three the 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 minimum absolute nothing. Three times. Yeah. Uh, I made Jenny listen to it as well because I, because I uh, you know I want to end my marriage. I <laughs> see, right? I don't. Um, but <laughs> you know, but yeah. So literally earlier today, I was going about my business in the front room. I had it on in the background, uh-huh. and like a, a semi-famous comedian who I've never spoken to before phoned me up mm-hmm. to talk to me about a gig. Uh-huh. Uh, and during that conversation, I had to go, hang on a second, my my dog's trying to feed her, so my child's trying to feed her snack to the dog and eat it again. Okay. So I had to go and rescue a biscuit that Isla was trying to share with Banjo. Yeah. And then after the conversation, I realised that what had been happening in the, because I was so distracted by that, that it failed to occur to me that, Loudly playing in the background was Cliff was Richard. Cliff Richard album. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's there is a, a, a famous comedian that probably thinks I'm a big Cliff Richard fan at this point. Well, like maybe that'll work in your favour. You don't know. I had a similar thing though because I live above uh, my workplace. I live above my pub. Yeah. And uh, the other owner came in. Uh, he knocked on my door the other day to discuss some stuff about chefs. And I was I had this on and. Knock on the door, open the door, and it was legal. And all right, let me just have a, a quick chat about this. And I was like, absolutely. Please don't judge me. I'm listening to this for, you know, for research. Yeah. I, I did the proper <laughs> <For> research. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and all of a sudden you're like, ah, oh, the oh. Pete Townsend approach <laughs> defense. <laughs> I know. Uh, but it, it did. I just felt the absolute instant need to justify why this would ha- be happening in my flat. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Right. Okay. So look, now the other thing about this album is, mm. I mean, it's only an hour long, but it is 14, 14 tracks. Songs, um, so anyway, so let, let, let's songs. crack into it. Okay. Yeah. Let's gonna try do and it. get so through gonna, it. So the first track is called Peace in Our Time. All right. Okay. Now I've got to be honest with you. Yep. 
This is what I was expecting. We're firmly in going for gold theme tune territory. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. This sounds an awful lot like music that you're going to hear at a hip church. Oh, okay. A bit of rocking Christianity. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know the kind of church I mean. Yeah. They've got they've got an electric guitarist on stage. He's wearing a black shirt, but it's been nicely ironed. Right, sure. Yeah. There's a there's a there's a choir, uh, and the uh, the guy that's doing the preaching isn't wearing a dog collar, and he insists you call him by his first name. Yeah, just call me Jeff, mate. Yeah, yeah. I'm right, just, yeah. St- just call me Steve. Just call me Steve. Yeah. Mind if I touch you there? It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Yeah, this does sound like a hip. Uh, a hip hymn. Yeah. yeah. Now, there are a lot of lyrics to this song. Well, it was the lyrics are by Peter Sinfeld, Sinfield rather, who was the lyricist for King Crimson. King, King Crimson, yes. Yeah. And there are certainly some Crimson-esque flourishes in here, okay. although a lot less me- messi- uh, mentions of the Crimson King. Oh, I suppose, yeah. Uh, six mentions of the word faith. Oh, you've done a little. I did a little count on some of these. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I did this. Yeah. Uh, uh, only one prayer, no lords, yeah. um, uh, and mention of water into wine. Uh huh. Absolutely. Five heavens as well. Five heavens. Oh, I didn't get heavens. Yeah, five heavens. So yeah, no. This is uh, definitely going for a bit of God. Yeah. Mm. This is exactly what I expected this to be. Right. His voice is in tune. It's there. Yeah. It's utterly devoid of anything that I would consider emotion. No, I don't think he's able to do it. No. I don't know. Maybe the ultimate irony is that he has no soul. Perhaps. Because I don't think there's any passion to anything he's doing this whole album, really. No. Um, There are are worse offenders than this Oh, sure. But, But his voice is very... Reedy, I think it's just very yes, weak. It, it's very thin. That's yeah. I've, I've got that note elsewhere from another song. It's like you know, yes, it's technically fine, but it is. It, it's like it, there is there's no umph to it at all. No. I mean, you look at how thin he is at this point as well. It's like mm. you know, he could fill his lungs with a fart. Well, yep. Yeah. Well, you definitely um, have fun trying. I'd like to. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, I, 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 this is this is what you would expect to do. It, it sounds like a kind of a. A modern rock hymn yep. with a pop production. That there are no good sounds in this. Every, I feel like every production choice is the wrong production choice. Oh, I see. Yeah. If you want to write a song, but this sounds like, this sounds like a Cliff Richard song to me. Right. Well, I, I think and there's a few of these throughout the album where I think, oh, that reminds me of such and such, right? And this one uh, reminded me of Mike and the Mechanics, The Living Years. I hear oh, that, I can, that, that I kind of that see it, picked, yeah. picked guitar bit. Uh, I mean, similarly, for, for entirely on a, on a different uh, side, it reminds me of the Blue Aeroplanes and Stones, just for the, 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 the guitar bit. But that's a, that's a very niche one there. Um, but it sounds like it's out of the 80s. You know, this doesn't sound like 93. This no, sounds like... Very here, much. This guitar solo. Um, this sounds like uh, something that was written in 1987, 88, for Mike the Mechanics, or Cher, or something like that, along those lines, you know? Yeah, or... A daytime television quiz show featuring Europeans. Well, yeah. Wait, um, the the guys again, Peter Sinfield, uh, the King Crimson guy, co-wrote this with Andy Hill, who were a songwriting team, and they did uh, Bucks Fizz, Lands of Make Believe, uh, and Making Your Mind Up. They did Five Stars, Rain or Shine. Uh, they did Celine Dion, Think Twice. You know, yeah. so they've done big stuff, and it sounds like those kind of pop hits. Yeah, to and, me. and you know, and then on the seventh day they rested. Well, yeah, <laughs> and wrote this. Uh, this is this is. Just, I mean, it's it, it's happening around us. It's it's too long. 
Right. It's, this is the longest one on the album. This is five minutes, 46 seconds, yeah. which is the longest one. You know, it, it's kind of got something of a tune, but mm-hmm. not one that isn't instantly forgettable. It's very insipid. It's gaudy and uplifting in a way that is in no way uplifting or challenging. It's, right. It, it just doesn't connect with me on any, like, physical, metaphysical, emotional, personal level. Yeah. It, is, it is just... A non-entity of a song to me. Do you know something? What? I quite like this one. Oh, you're an absolute cunt. I do. Don't yeah, you, care. You get buzzed. Don't care. I do. I quite like this one. You, I think this is a catchy uh, tune. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. I think about. this is a catchy song. Because it reminds me of those other sort of late 80s pop hits, I'm all right with this. And I don't know whether it's because I did listen to this quite a few times. Sometimes I didn't get a lot of the way through it. And so I heard this more often than anything else. But I think this is okay. Yeah, I, do, I do. I think this is all right. Do you know what, mate? If yeah. you were if you were locked up in a prison, you would hear the screams of the other inmates. <laughs> Just because you get used to them doesn't yeah. mean they're good. I think this is actually pretty catchy. I like the little bit, it's sort of a, a step down uh, key-wise as it goes into the chorus. I think it's all right. I mean, you're... I, I, you're, I, I knew I was going to face or, ordin- absolute round. Ordinarily, what I would say here is, I'm glad you've got something out of this, yeah. right? But yeah. what I'm going to say here is, you're wrong. <laughs> you're an idiot. And at some point, you'll pay for this. <laughs> See? <laughs> uh, for my sins as well, I did watch the video for this. Because this was the second single. Um, so there was a video yeah. for it. And the video for this is Cliff Richard as... A politician standing on a stage behind a podium, you know, addressing a large crowd. Mm-hmm. Big thing, because uh, it's called Peace in Our Time. Mm-hmm. And there's sort of the big sign behind it called Peace in Our Time. And it's like he's trying to get everyone roused up his message. Oh, we're going to find peace in our time. And it is the absolute Benetton ad of videos because it is cringeworthily multicultural. You know, yeah, yeah. He is trying his absolute hardest to put every single stereotype culture into the frame. And at some point, there's a sequence where lots of various ethnicities of people in their traditional dress, oh, you know, fist bumping each other and hugging each other and this sort of stuff. And it's like, oh, man. Was he wearing be... his traditional English dress? It, no, he was wearing a, a politician's suit and far too much mascara. Well, what a surprise. Yeah, I no, Krista. I'm, I, yeah, I know you think you like this one, yeah. but... but I'm here to inform you you are incorrect. Right. Okay. There you go. So let's, let's, first track then. Let's do track two. Um, <laughs> so we're, neither of us like that one. Let's, uh, <laughs> wanna, on behalf of Pop Glavorating. Yes. <laughs> I'm literally, I'm, I'm pulling a Jamie Spears here. I'm having to have a conservatorship on your opinions for uh-huh. the rest of this record. <laughs> You've proved yourself. I need to run ment- all opinions fast. You. <laughs> mentally unsound. And you're having to go on birth control. <laughs> All right, then. So second one is called Love is the Strongest Emotion. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I called this one um, Cliff Does Desiree, brackets, not like that. Oh, oh. <laughs> this sounds like Desiree. It does. It's a it's a light pop soul ballad. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what it also might sound... This one was written by... Uh, two people called Mick Leeson and Peter Vale, right. who had a, a big hit. Their biggest hit was uh, "Would I Lie to You" by oh, Charles, by Charles and, Eddie. and Eddie. Yeah, yeah. So that's what their 
therapy TV is. That lyric there, hot blood rushing through my heart and soul, makes me feel physically unwell. <laughs> That's how Cliff Richard gets a, a stiff Richard. Yeah, yeah. Stiff pilchard. Um, <laughs> his his voice is nauseating. This is yeah, you know, this is really showing how much he can't properly sing. Yeah. yeah. And as far as I'm concerned, Cliff Richard talking about uh, like this is kind of as close as he gets to sexual desire where he wants to okay. touch people he wants to feel them right and when he gets when he's talking about that it, it gives me a strong hello fellow kids vibe oh god 52 year old cliff yeah yeah <laughs> hello fellow kids i also enjoy sex and love no, i'm not an asexual weird pervert yeah. suppressing my basest darkest desires quite at all times um 1 minute 59 in here oh i'm so glad you've you've point of this out because this is my favourite bit of the song as it well is, it is let me see uh, I'll just skip forward one yeah. second it's just hilarious right here, here we go yeah. amazing <laughs> wonderful and into a saxophone into solo into the sax solo oh mate. god let's, <laughs> let's just hear that again that's so good uh, there's the little the, uh, the pause then the bell ring yeah. the falling down the stairs keyboard here we go. Like, to me, that Wonderful. is that is the the musical personification of getting right towards the end during a blowjob, <laughs> um, and blowjobs not swearing. Not? All right, we'll let you wear them. All right. Uh, and uh, and then just when you're about to ready to go, you trip over your own trousers, fart, and come all over <laughs> your own stomach. <laughs> That's, oh, what, that's what that is to me. There's a gorgeous image. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, is it one from my imagination or one from my well, memory? Well, well, You'll never know. Yeah. Um, and then again, um, the the sexy sax solo goes on for 25 seconds. Mm. And then there is a, a, a key change that happens at 3 minutes 20 in this. So I've just written, why? After- yeah, I mean, and this is one of the other because, you know, we've said very often, and I think even in the last episode we are fans of a saxophone solo mm-hmm. uh, we are fans of a good key change yeah um but yeah this one I, even despite both of those being in the song i still think this is absolute rubbish let's see if i can find oh, the key change appalling. wow <laughs> i mean that is Cliff, like mate. that's just like someone hit the wrong button on the keyboard <laughs> And you, you think like, uh, or, or he just forgot what he was doing and the rest of the band have gone, oh, Jesus, what's happened? I mean, Quick catch up. He really is just reaching for these notes in this as well. Yeah. It's like, you know, yeah. pre, pre-auto-tune, really having a hard time. Oh, there's some high notes where you go, oh, you probably should have changed the song so you didn't have to do that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just to be clear, you said high notes because there are no high points. Mm. Uh, okay, so that's that one. Terrible. Absolute right, yep. dog um, eggs. Uh, quite, yep. Uh, number three, then? Number three, is it called I Still Believe in You? Oh, show tuny. Well, that's just handbags and glad rags, isn't well, it? Well, I, I put that yeah. immediately, you had themes from the office, exactly. and then it kind of goes a little bit more show tuny here. Oh, sure, but yeah, it go. starts off that. Yeah. Now, so wow. this is a list of things that he used to believe in, right? Yes. And I just keep going, okay, when are you getting to Noah's Ark? Because <laughs> <laughs> like, you all, you're, you're listing all this stuff as ridiculous fantasies. Yeah. But have you read the Bible? Yeah, surely you can't justify some of these. And it's, that, that vibrato thing he's, he does, and he does it a few times in this yeah. album, the really wavering voice. Yeah. 
I, rankles me. Oh, it makes me want to kill a, a, a cat. Right. Uh, so obviously, I'm I'm just there. Like, okay, this is we're in the era of the Elton John Lion King. Okay. And yeah. I feel actually. like this is almost his calling card of, uh, this, you know, I can do this type of. I see. Uh, I've written here dreary, dismal Disney, and then afterwards yeah, I wrote, yeah. "I Disney like it." Hey! <laughs> You're not Elton John, mate. You're, you look. No one in their right mind is letting you near a children's franchise. Absolutely not. That's a, that's a poison. To, to and look, just to be Disney. clear, not because I'm saying he's a diddler, mm. but because he looks like Zelda from Terrorhawks in oh, those photographs. God. He's Zelda. he'll terrify a child. Zelda, yes. Um, well, this one, I, I absolutely agree with you on the show tune thing. I have the same note. This sounds like it is in the middle of a Disney uh, film, or if it was on stage, it would be the one where the the star steps into the spotlight and yeah. sings about their partner who left them or whatever their yeah. problems are, etc., etc. And the reason for that is because the writers of this one are two people called David Pomeranz and Dean Pitchford, uh, whose credits include the theme from Fame, right. but then loads of other Broadway songs. Okay. Uh, so that is their background. Dean Pitchford also wrote the screenplay for Footloose. Okay. He's co-credited on pretty much all the songs on that, but well, I suspect that's Someone wrote that. I just presume they just put that together on the spot. <laughs> it's a documentary. Don't get me wrong, I love Footloose, yeah. but I can't believe that someone wrote it. Yeah, well... Not, not on purpose. <laughs> but this is the, all the stereotypes of a big Broadway ballad. Of course. It yeah. absolutely is. It hits all the the beats that you expect it to. It's got the strings swelling, or the orchestra in the background, um, all those things. I think this is very, very boring. I think that if someone else did it who had a better voice it would be better mm-hmm. um, but I don't think it's ever going to be a good big show tune no I mean I love a show tune this is not yeah, my exactly. this is not my personal brand of show tune mm-hmm. I you know I, I kind of I like something a little bit more pompy and uh, right sure uh, you know kind of uh, the more upbeat numbers but yeah. you know I'm, I'm, I'm happy with a you know I mean oh, a good big ballad can be a lot of fun you know I'm a big fan of Somewhere Out There from uh, An American Tale right sure you know Peeble Bryson that one well, the the, the uh, Linda Ronstadt and Aaron Neville. Aaron Neville, thank right you. Now. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great, absolutely. It is, and this is along all those same lines, but it's just not as good a tune. Maybe if it had been about a mouse. There's the missed trick, isn't yeah. it? One of yeah. my one of my favourite Nirvana songs. By a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favourites was that about uh, the George Foreman thing he had about a grill. Hey. hey. Um, also, when uh, Cliff was accused of. Uh, you know, you know, in 2014, diddling. This is the song that his fans tried to create a social media thing around him to show their support, to try and tell everyone to download this one. I still believe in you. As if any of his hands know how to download well, anything. This is the thing. Uh, you know, they wanted people to download it, get it into uh, the charts to show support for Cliff Richard in 2014. You know, you're still basically having to download off iTunes at that yeah. point. None of Cliff's fans can know you, what can you imagine? They can't you, open a Word document. Can you imagine if you worked in HMV the week they tried to get that going? Oh, no. And just like the people coming in going, have you got this song? I'm not sure what it's called, but it goes like this. It's by Cliff Richard, uh-huh. uh, and I want it on a 78, please. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, have you got it on Shellac? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. But um, for that reason, it only got to number fifty-seven. There you go. Yeah. Um, anyway, so let's uh, let's let's move on from that. Unless you've got more notes. No, on it. no, I've got nothing else on Thank that. Man. God for that. Okay, this one's called "Loves Salvation" because he loves the Salvation Army, presumably. Oh, well, oh, who, oh it's Wilson Phillips. Hold on. My very first note. Yeah, Wilson Phillips. Hold on until 
these Phil Collins horns. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and uh, okay, right. So I, I can't wait to see what happens in today's episode of uh, this daytime soap opera. <laughs> I've said it sounds like a theme song for a US sitcom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, no. But again, again, he's carrying this tune, right? He's yep. carrying it. Yeah. But it's so without passion. Oh, he doesn't care. I'd be more interested in hearing what an armchair had to say about right. love, you know? Yeah, no, this this is so incredibly middle of the road, but still sounding it like it was made in 1987 mm-hmm. uh, with the cheesy horns and stuff. There is oh that yeah that that shouldn't oh. do it shouldn't go for it. Um, oh hold up this chorus, they, this is real theme tune, isn't it? Yeah, it's a TV it? theme. Beautiful. We might be brothers, but we're having a second <laughs> chance at life in a weird, wacky way. Yeah, oh, this is exactly. You can just picture people looking at the, turning to look at the camera and their name coming up at the Perfect bottom of the screen. Strangers. Oh, it's Balky. Yeah, really yeah. weird. Uh, there's a weird key change at 228. Let's have a look. All right, let's see if I can get to that. Followed by sax solo. Well, you see, you're saying all the right things. Yeah, I know. But I know because I've heard this song. Blimey. Blimey. That is just butchery, isn't it? It is, but it's the best part of this song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and he's not singing. Oh, well, that's very true. The thing about this song, I think it's not very good, but I also don't think it's terrible. It's just there. Oh, I think this is terrible. I think the chorus is very bad, but for me, the rest of it is just, oh, it's just bland but, rubbish. But lyrically as well, man. Oh, you know, this whole weird. thing here, this, uh, we just heard it, but it's, um, I don't want no trial separation. I'd rather face the sleepless nights working on our love salvation. It's, she doesn't want you anymore, Cliff. Exactly. It's over, Cliff. Yeah, Cliff, Cliff, accept it. He's either putting himself forward as an absolute doormat yeah. in this, or... A crazy stalker. Yeah, yeah. It's like who will not give up. Yeah, it's like no, Cliff. Mm. You, you've take you, the you've, you've been told. Yeah, no means no. No means no. Things like uh, you can go right on breaking my heart. I wouldn't care at all. You can go right on taking my love. I'll never close the door. And even though I know you don't love me anymore, you can hurt me, but you won't break me down, my love. That's just not right, dude. If that is the the scenario of your relationship, yeah. Walk away. Tell it to the judge, mate. Yeah. You're going to have to tell it to a judge. Don't get the police involved, because yeah, that's you're... what's going to happen. Oh, you've broken your restraining order again, Cliff. Yeah, we now we do have the right to search your dungeon. We do have the... Yeah, yeah. we... Oh, what, what's this? Oh, loads of, loads of mannequins with her face on it. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Yeah, no, I think... It's, I'm not a fan of this, but I don't think it's the worst thing on here at all. I think it's absolutely just... Oh, right, that happened, and I've now forgotten it. I can't be in a relationship with you, Cliff. I've got school tomorrow. <laughs> Um, this one was written by, well, apparently by Cliff. So this has got his fingerprints on it. Um, but also there's a guy called Paul Mosel. I'm going to pronounce it like that because that might be right. Um, he'd been working with Cliff for a few years by this point from the like late 80s. He was mm-hmm. the keyboard player in a band. But then he just became Cliff's musical director and produced most stuff from here on out. He also produced Mistletoe and Wine and Saviour's Day. And for that... He can go straight to hell. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, probably he will for this. Well, uh, for not turning Cliff into the police. Absolutely right. Let's do. Uh, let's move on. Let's <laughs> yeah. do track number five. Right. This one's called "Only Angel." Oh, brooding, pretentious yeah. beat. Okay. Ooh. Oh, it's an organ. Okay. Oh, it certainly is. We're back in church. We are. 
we've got uh, we're in a, a bit of a, a soul-tinged church, apparently. Well, and, and okay, don't hate this so far, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like you know one of, one of those Elton John songs that was harking back to his sixties. See, I, I've got a different reference here. Hang on, listen. I mean, what, firstly, let's stop there. Oh, right. A man's supposed to be a mountain. You are misinformed, Cliff. <laughs> you are misinformed. If you have spent most of your time trying to be, you know, kind of several thousand feet tall, made entirely of granite, mm-hmm. I understand where some of this frustration in your life comes from. Um, um, it's, it's entirely possible that uh, quite a few people might have died halfway up him, though. <laughs> I hadn't even planned that one. Oh, you've got to be pleased with that one. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Oh, that's made my day. Right. Um, but the thing, the thing that's troubled me here is I just, I went, hang on a minute. I think he's trying to do Bruce Springsteen. Oh, I hadn't put that little uh, sort of the connection together, but he maybe, yeah, that's like Go, go back like and he's... listen to the way he delivers that first line. Right, hold on. Let's put this back on. Maybe, maybe there's Philadelphia era, right? The rivers to the sea. Maybe I think he's trying maybe. to. I think he's trying to be Bruce Springsteen. Wow, he he criticizes God a little bit in this one as well. But, but, oh, the, I don't know what that was. That noise there, uh, unnecessary. Yeah. That was the unnecessary instrument. Um, there are three gods in this, three heavens, but yeah. twelve angels. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's got angel in the title. Yeah, so, yeah. So but it says only angel, so uh, false advertising. Sure. Yeah, that's true. But the, what there is in this song, though, is uh, one of the mm, most air-kissed moments of the entire record okay. at 1 minute 52 let's when he delivers see. the word darling. Let's, let, Ooh, let's, let, let, let's hear how he says it. Right. Uh, listening for darling. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's got me a little bit of a stiff Richard right now. <laughs> Mate, what's that? What that has just given me is a vasectomy. <laughs> yeah. It's gone to an innie. Uh, uh, I mean, this is a weird one. This is the, the lyrically uh, only angel. It's. I mean, if you read the lyrics, it's a genuinely tragic song. Yeah. Because um, the 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 only angel bit of it, uh, he's speaking about the loss of either a loved one, or it could be a child. Because at the beginning, he says, um, it's his baby, mm-hmm. which it could be a partner. But it's like, God's got so many angels up in heaven. Why did he take the only angel I've ever had? There's a yeah. lot of that, which is just bizarre, you know, for him to be singing this. Because I don't know if he had a partner who died or maybe a best friend or something. But to sing this song not having had that happen to you yeah. is weird. Yeah, I mean, I've I've written this is t- weird and terrible. It's mm. all eighties drums and abs- mm-hmm. terrible insincerity. Right, sure. That's that's what I've written here. And at five minute fifty three, it's the second longest song. Yeah, and it is so long; it doesn't stop. Yeah, it goes on. The chorus goes on over and over and over. It very much sounds like he's doing a voice because it, oh, okay. it doesn't sound like his singing voice. Right. See, well, yeah, I suppose this is him being introspective and deep and troubled and, and all Bruce those Springsteen. And Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, no rubbish. Yeah, um, this one was written by a guy called Barry Williams. And yep. I looked through his writing credits, and the highlights seem to be uh, that he has done songs by The Wiggles and Portsmouth's FC. 
Okay, sounds yeah. good. Sounds good. So a strong CV there. Strong CV. I bet you made a lot of money from his money from his, the Wiggles. Uh, from the Wiggles, mate. Okay, well, look, that's five songs in to this 14-track album, so please, let's take a break and do Did something you say else. five songs? Five songs. Only well, five. I mean, it, it, it does seem like a lot longer, yeah, doesn't it? Really it does, yeah. Well, let's do the albums then, my friend. Ready? Oh. Okay. Uh, so, albums-wise... We're looking at the week of the 25th of April, 1993, which is when Cliff Richard was number one. It was only number one for one week, but uh, after Cliff, R.E.M.'s Automatic People went back to number one again, which seems to be a recurring theme. So there's a couple of weeks of other albums that we can look at. But uh, let's do the top ten, first of all. And most of these we've seen before. Number ten is Suede. Suede, which we did yep. uh, before. Number nine is Arrested Development, back into the charts. Mm-hmm. Number eight, David Bowie's Black Tie, White Noise. Number seven, David Essex Cover Shot. Number six, Dina Carroll, So Close. Number five, Duran Duran's The Wedding Album. Yeah. Uh, number four, I think it's the first time we've seen this one. Is it, maybe it's back in, but Sting in Ten Summoners Tales. Oh, God, yeah. So that's in there. This is a big record, wasn't it? it oh, that was huge. That was but, one of his big comeback it, it, ones, wasn't it? Yeah, it, is that, that's not a week of release, though, is it? It can't. Well, this is why I'm thinking maybe it's a re re-entry because yeah. surely that would have been but then if it wasn't number one because we haven't done it well that is true yeah so I'm not sure um, number three is R.E.M.'s Automatic for the People and then number two and this is proper let's have a look at what you could have won yeah. and we did have someone on the social media saying oh I see you've got to do Cliff maybe you should just not do Cliff and do the number two album because we could have been oh. doing a little bit of Aerosmith's Get a Grip. I really like this record as well. Yeah, this was new entry. I don't like two. it as much as I like the following record, which is the uh, the Nine Lives one. But, oh, I um, see. Okay. But this has got some good tunes on it. Well, again, I was looking through which ones were on this. Because yeah. Aerosmith, to me, are a brilliant singles band. Yeah. You know, that's their, their strong point is massive singles. And so you've got Crying, you've got Crazy, and you've got Living on the Edge on yeah. this. All of which are fantastic mm-hmm. songs. So we could have been doing that, but we're not. Never mind. Also, the uh, the, the the weird choice era where uh, uh, Stephen Tyler kind of put his own daughter oh, right, in, in very videos. lascivious videos. Yeah, yeah. But there, you know, those videos were also the uh, you know I was going. Apparently, I really like Alicia Silverstone. Yeah, oh god, yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. was the first time I I knew who she was. Oh yeah, no, you're not seen Clueless. I hadn't at that point. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Um, right, other albums that we can talk about uh, that released in this time period. There's a, a, a variety here. Osric Tentacles got to number 11 with Jurassic Shift. Wow. What that, the hell? I was going to say, I mean, I, I was going to say, you're, you're talking about Osric Tentacles releasing an album as if they haven't released one every other week of this year. But mm. the fact they got top 11. Top ele- absolutely. I don't know how that happened because I didn't think they were that big a deal. Well, I, mean, I thought they were absolute fringe back then. They had a massive following, but maybe... If, yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. Strange. Um, PJ Harvey released Rid of Me, oh, which record. got to number three. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, that was a, a big release for her. A brilliant album. The Fall released Infotainment Scam. We talked about them last week Porno for Pyros released their self-titled album got to number 13 oh, I really like that Porno for Pyros album yeah because you were a massive James Addiction fan so yeah. you must be excited for this album coming out reading the press before and stuff uh, yeah I, mean, I, I was I mean I'm trying to trying to think where it was 1993 I don't, I don't think I was like pretty excited about this album I think but I did ha- I did have it fairly soon after it came right. out was this also did they headline Reading 93 yeah that was the, they were pretty much instantly into that bracket exactly right yeah. okay uh, well, another one that you would have been uh, very uh, excited about, I'm sure, Primus released Pork Soda. Oh, yeah. I, mean, um, I, had, I had that day of release. Is that right? Yeah. I had a T-shirt 
Is that right? Yeah, yeah. they had the pork soda T-shirt. Away. Yeah, I only got to number fifty-six that one. Which no. is, I suppose is what you'd expect. That's, that's great. It's got Mister. It's got my name is Mud on it. It's got the old Diamondback Sturgeon, Mister Crinkle. Right, great sure, yeah. tunes on that. Yeah, all of those. Uh, Sebado released Bubble and Scrape, uh-huh. uh, which I remember getting an awful lot of press because they were very, very cool. You know, Lou Barlow, ex Dinosaur Junior, etc. I was never into them as a band. I, I never got it. Really, I've only, I've only just realised if you hear his name wrong, it sounds like his name is Lou Barlow. Lou Barlow. <laughs> Lovely. Um, the Posies released Frosting on the Beater, mm-hmm. uh, which again, I remember reading about. Uh, it wasn't a big deal in my world. Paul released Dragline. Yeah, with Jesse, you're a good dog. That's the one. Uh, and then there's a, a couple of hip-hop ones as well. Master Ace released Slaughterhouse, which uh-huh. I don't really remember. I'm, I'm... So I, I don't really know that record. I don't think. I don't, I'm not sure I've heard it. No, I don't know if I have. Uh, Funk Dubiest also released Which Doobie Doobie Doobie. Doobie. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, uh, For me, that was always... They, they were always a, B, a B-list group. Oh, they were a bit novelty, really. You had The Far Side, you had Cypress Hill, yeah. you had House of Pain, you had Funk Dubiest. And it was always, you know, much in the same way that... and. You know, people will disagree with this, obviously, but to me, like always, the way the Jungle Brothers were always by far the B list oh, right, yeah. of that Native Tongues movement. Sure, you know, funk dubiest. Oh yeah, they were. You know, they were always the support act. Yeah, never the head. I mean, would you know if, if their their thing being, oh, we've got high pitched funky things, and we talk about weed. It's like, ah, oh, right. Unfortunately, what we've also got <laughs> yeah. is Cypress Hill. Yeah, um, and they've got some tunes. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh, and the only other one then I noticed was at the gates. Uh, released with fear, I kiss the burning darkness, which was their second album. Yeah. At this point, I didn't realize they were going that far back. Well, you can't, you can't fuck with. Oh. There you go. I yeah, suppose we weren't talking about Cliff there, so I don't know if that, that counts. Well, no, it's, yeah. it's the episode. Yeah. But yeah, you, you you can't mess with that. The gates, you know, if you if you like yourself a little bit of a, a melodic death metal, um, that's what they do. Very very few people do it better than them, right? Uh, but okay, so uh, you know, in the. It's nice that in the week that Cliff Richard is number one, At The Gates are also in the conversation. Yeah, what's what's not as nice is the fact that they're not at number one. Right, sure, we're not talking about that one. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right, okay, is, are there any more albums we could talk about? No, I'm afraid not, mate. We need Can to go we... back into Cliff Richard. Uh, are you sure? I'm almost positive. Oh, no. Are you sure there's not a few more? <laughs> Have you looked under the door, mate? <laughs> Just in case there's a few new albums that we've hit. Oh, no. Sorry, dude. Back into Cliff. So the next one, this is track six. This is called Handle My Heart With Love. <laughs> and uh, love, love, love My Handle With Heart. <laughs> oh, oh, my Kenny G. Crikey. Is that, like a, is that a, like a tenor sax or a clarinet? I don't know. Uh, what that is is an awful sax. It's, it's someone in pain. Yeah, it's, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's what I would describe as a tooth extraction Horrible. Sax. Yeah, no, I was instantly taken against this song for that intro alone. Yeah, we're back in simpering piano ballad territory yeah. here, aren't we? This is a song from a musical that I don't want to see. Sure. No, I think this is awful. I think this is really sappy cack. For some reason, though, they're coming in a bit, but there's bongos in this that are the main... Oh. And they're mainly acute... Like, I think I think coming in a second, but they're like the main okay. percussion throughout it. Bongos. And I find them... Really comical and out of place. There you go. Oh, I see. Yeah. I can just imagine, like, because like you know, you, you like you never meet a bongo player that isn't like a kind of a flamboyant character. Right, sure, you? yeah. So look, yeah. for me, this is seventies chintz, twenty years too late. Oh, this is just, just. Uh, I keep holding my back, myself back from saying shit. <laughs> 
Yeah, fair. But this is awful. Yeah, of course it yeah. is. I mean, what I think, if you're at the live show, like, mm-hmm. the only good thing I can think about is, like, this would traditionally be the Light Is Up song, probably. Yeah, of course. And, like, I'd like to see it at the moment because just the amount of oxygen tanks that would explode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fun. Yeah. Yeah, this one was written by uh, two guys called John Daniels and Phil Thompson, whose uh, CV seems to be exclusively Christian songs. Okay. Uh, they've written actual hymns as well as some pop stuff, uh, and which, which is weird because this song doesn't have any really religious icon- iconography iconography in it, but the rest of their oeuvre is just God songs. I mean, it, I mean, it makes me it makes me challenge my own faith. It wants me to scrape my faith off. Oh. Yeah. Uh, no, I think this is horrible. Just, just horrible, horrible, horrible. Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah. Uh, well. Oh God. Well, let's move on to the next one, shall we? Oh God. Yeah. Ugh. This is called Little Mistreater. Presumably written by Roger Hargreaves. Okay. Oh, Good to hear him. Mate. Okay. Make it funky now. Oh, what's happening? Yeah. Now my my notes on this one. Yeah. Are imagine. If uh, Walk the Dinosaur by Was Not Was yep. was written and performed by actual dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, I've got the, the Walk the Dinosaur uh, yeah. uh, note in mine as well. But like, this is all framed around the idea that he's calling this woman Little Mistreater. Uh-huh. Right? What a shit insult. Uh, it's, well, it's just a strange one. I mean, it's like he's trying to write a rock and roll song yeah. about... Uh, this cool chick, yeah, little mistreater. This is such a bizarre thing to be doing. And what this does is instantly puts all of the worst bits on those uh, Def Leppard and uh, and Brian Adams, Adams records. Yeah. All those criticisms we made of them, right? And it, it was like, oh, hang on a minute. Oh, it could have been worse. Oh yeah, it could have been worse. <laughs> I mean, like little mistreater. That's like an insult that a Sunday school teacher would give you. Oh, uh, I, mm. uh, I think you're being a little mistreater there. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, and uh, let's uh, take a little walk. To uh, uh-huh. two minutes and ten. Two ten, right? To a funky breakdown, which I think but we can. That high note we just tried as well. I know. Uh, two ten, right? Let's, I think let's we can agree. Really, is something. It is definitely something. Uh, right. So, what you, what are we looking for here? Sorry. Two minutes ten. And yeah. It's like a little funky breakdown. Oh yeah. Lord. Make it fucking now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, it's turned into Prince. Oh. Uh, I'm going to come over there. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, right, we were talking about songs that it reminds you of. Yeah. And this is one that I cannot place because the Walk the Dinosaur thing, yeah. I absolutely have that note. But there is a very specific song, and I don't know what it is, but that saxophone bit where it goes, ba-dum, ba-dum, that is straight out of something else, and I can't place it. So over to the listenership it's, if yeah. you can tell me what it is I'll be very I'm, happy I'm like it's Johnny Hates Jazz or something like that isn't it it's in that uh, Climby Fisher Johnny uh, Hates I mean, Jazz uh, Hue and Cry uh, no I think I'm thinking of a soul song I think there is oh, really? like a classic you know almost Sam and Dave type oh, God, thing not, not, where a, there, no, just, there's a saxophone line that goes burn-um, 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 you're, you're not on um, all you wanna do is ride around no because that doesn't have that, that very specific thing ah, okay. yeah. but no it sounds like he's trying to emulate that sort of stuff for sure that's what he wants to be doing the commitments yeah no totally um, this one was written by a guy called Steve Piggott, who was a, he's a session guitarist um, and a keyboard player. He has worked with the likes of Brother Beyond and Living in a Box and Strictly Politi. Yeah. Um, and then two guys called John Wilson and Alan Gorey, 
who are both members of the average white band. Okay. You know, so that's where the, we're getting the horns coming in for this one. Uh, apparently, they are the 15th most sampled act in history. Average white band. Average white band. Yeah, yeah, doesn't go. surprise me. Yeah. But then I looked up, because I tried to follow through on each of these people to go, oh, and what else have they done? And Alan Gorey, like, uh, he is one of the original members of Average White Band, and he's like pretty much almost the only original one who t- does in the touring band now. But John Wilson, his website, uh, it says... Uh, one of the uh, members of Average White Band in the 80s, yeah. right? which is obviously a fallow period for the Average White Band, because they broke up in 83 mm-hmm. and then only reformed weirdly in 88. But none, and I mean none of the websites I could find, Wikipedia, the Average White Band official website, mentions him anywhere. Right. So I don't know if he's just balls out lying. I hope so. Uh, or if he was, you know, behind the scenes and something like this. But... I can't find any proof that he was actually in the band that he's telling me. That I, I, I'd like to think that he was the bongo player. Maybe so. Maybe but, um, so. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and and all I think now is like, do you, do you not think that like anything that uh, Alan Gorey told you, you would not be able to take literally? Oh, nice. Oh, oh I see what you did. Oh, oh, oh it's an Alan Gorical tale. <laughs> Oh, uh, the saxophonist who's credited on this, on this album, who is presumably responsible for this sound on this song. And maybe he did it under duress. You know, maybe he was just like, no, no, no. Can you make it some- worse? Can yeah. you please just make it worse? You're doing too well. Anyway, he's called Snake Davis. Snake Davis. Because yeah, of course he is, right? Of course. Um, and his website, because I, I thought I'll go on his website and have a look, see what else he's done. Um, he's toured with people like Lisa Stansfield, M People. He's uh-huh. apparently was a, a big collaborator with M People. Uh, but on his gig page, <laughs> collaborator is the best word because it is it, it, it is, it, is it, like a Nazi it, war crime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. His defence was they made me do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they had some good ideas. <laughs> um, oh, you can book yourself into a horn camp on his website, by the way. Oh, wow. Which, which, you know, that's tempting. But he's also, uh, the Snake Davis band are touring. They're touring, as, as we speak, in various town halls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but the show is called Classic Sax Solos, and I'm pretty tempted. I reckon oh, if they came down and played somewhere in, which it would be Worthing, presumably, would they would do it. I'd go and see a show called Classic Sax Solos. Okay, let's crowdfund a northern road trip. <laughs> to got see Preston and... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> To go and see <laughs> Snake Davis. Snake Davis. Show up in full merch. We print it ourselves, <laughs> right? And just give him no context. I know, but with massive uh, uh, placards that say, play Little Mistreater. <laughs> so it's like, oh man, he's blanked that from his memory. Shed in my skin. <laughs> Shed in skin. Oh god. No, this is this is horrible. This is like the, the pastiche of a load of songs that I probably would like. It's like the pastiche of a load of soul songs that Cliff Richard would have grown up with. But it's done in such a horribly cheesy 80s way with very little tune and zero passion. Look, let's just be clear here. This entire album, it's essentially the same song, but with affectations of other things he's heard clumsily thrown in. Well, yeah, this, there's definitely... Uh, there's more of those on some of the songs still to come, I think, where he's gone, oh, it's 1993, I should be trying moving with the times and trying to do this so he's taking elements from newer stuff but ones like this he's taking bits of, of genres yeah that you're like cliff leave that alone mate we're done with that one oh aren't yeah, we? yeah you're done can i just take a second to go we're only halfway through this oh, album man, that's seven songs seven songs in the this process Jesus. so far have never i haven't it's never felt this long no no this is incredible 
Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's see if we can speed it up. I suppose uh, track number eight. Okay. You move heaven, which just sounds like a branch of an estate agent. Uh, you move Basildon. You move Essex. You move Brighton. You move heaven. Now this is the one that sounds like something else to me. Oh, oh. But, I mean that sounds a little bit like we don't talk anymore. His own song. Yeah. Also sounds like um, uh, Ordinary World by Duran Duran. Oh, I see. That's what it was that was getting me. Yeah. It sounds a little bit like that little breakdown in Ordinary World. Oh, okay. All right. Because um, I, I thought it's uh, this was the one that I was thinking sounds like a nineties. Like, what the hell is going on with this breakbeat? Oh yeah. Well, this is, exactly. This is the one I'm thinking where Cliff has gone. It's 1993. He sees the, the musical landscape and whatever else is in the charts. He's like, oh, I can do that. I'm 52. But I listen to what It's the same song again. It's dreary nonsense. Someone someone paid Led Zeppelin because the song has remained the same. Hey. But th- this reminded me of things like Let Loose or, you know, Early Take That. <laughs> but with a, with an added guitar solo in it for, for no good reason. But this is him trying to do a proper 1993 pop song. Uh, my, my next note here, um, this just tells you where I was at this point in this right, album. Yeah. I've written, for a man so obsessed with heaven, why won't he just die? Oh! <laughs> oh. <laughs> right. uh, 2 minute 49, we've got the guitar solo. Oh, that yeah, no, there was. There's a big guitar solo. Let me find that then. 2.49, yeah. But yes, I think that I, I, I noticed a let loose thing as well. Right, yeah. Oh, actually, let, let's get that little bit of uh, Cliff. That terrible key yeah. change. Ooh. Come on. Someone produced the living hell out of that key change. Didn't they? Yeah. Um, yeah, my, my final note on this song is, this is making me mentally ill. I see, okay. This is the other one that I don't mind. You're insane. Okay. This just sounds like uh, a pop song. This just sounds like uh, early '90s pop song. And again, I think if there was someone else had sung this, you'd be like, oh, "This is okay." I mean, quite possibly, but it, it, but the voice is so bad throughout it that it is it's. And let's not lose track of the fact that this doesn't say the Cliff Richard band on the album. It doesn't say no, no. This is a Cliff Richard solo album, and he has put this vocal performance, which is. An appalling vocal performance. Oh, it's dreadful. In every way, it's dreadful. shape, or form. Uh, yeah, I imagine the people who wrote this song were gutted that Cliff Richard did it and they couldn't sell it to someone better. Because I think this would have been uh, a yeah. top 20 hit for someone. But as as it stands, you can only review... Listen, Ooh. listen, listen to the like the sheer liberties he is taking yeah. with like with, with with scale, pitch, and music. Yeah. Like, th- this is... A technically terribly delivered song. It it, it coulda woulda shoulda. I I, I take that, but mm. as it stands in its current form, it is a great big steaming pile of feces. Oh, right there we go. Uh, almost almost. There we go. Um, yeah, I, you, I see, right. you gave that away. I saw I saw a little glint uh, yeah. in your eye there. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was getting ready. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't mind this. I think this is all right. I think this is a decent little pop tune, spoiled by Cliff Richard. Fair enough, but I think that it's, a, it's an okay song. Uh, I, I don't, I don't see how you can see past that vocal to think right. it's a good song. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I just don't see the vocal. You know, is the main focus of that track. Oh, so no, I, I was picking up on. I like the instrumentation. I think works as 
a, a good pop song. That, that beat, it's not pure 93, of course it is, but I think it works. And were it by Let's Say Let Loose, I think that would have been a decent song. I think we would have been going, that's, that's catchy. Uh, yeah, if. Of course it is. That's the key word there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, it, as it stands, it's a terrible song. It's a terrible recording of a song. Well, I don't think it is. Then you're mentally ill. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's do uh next track, which is called I Need Love, and is disappointingly not a cover of the LL Cool J song. Real shame. I would have loved to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. What it is, though, immediately. Hang on, we'll hear it here. Where, where, where? Sweet Little Mystery. Sweet Little Mystery. Exactly Ripper. right. Yeah, That's go. exactly what I heard. Yeah. Yeah. Now, there's a lyric in here. It says... Uh, if this look I wear fools you, well, I got a good reason and a special dungeon. Here's what I'm saying, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I picked up on the wet, wet, wet thing. This is written by the same guy who wrote Little Mistreater. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is some more saxophone in this. Sweet Little on. Mistreater. Sweet Little Mistreater, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, there's a saxophone solo about two and a half minutes in. Yeah. Two minutes thirty-three. But overall, I think this is proper filler. But let's let's just skip to the saxophone and get rid of this. The rest of this nonsense. Um, no, I think this is total album filler. Nothing going on whatsoever in this for the, the for the rest of the entirety of the song. Right, it's, it's it's just flat and lifeless. It's like all the passion of like an inflatable doll with a slow puncher. Hmm. I do. This is an alright sax solo. This is proper oh, yeah. ridiculous cheese. Oh yeah. yeah. I, this is uh, yeah. Oh, there's a point actually. I think I put it up on our socials again this week. Um, last year when we were doing our quizzes and stuff, uh, I put together a saxophone solo quiz where there's just you just certainly uh, did. fifteen solos. You know, big, big well-known saxophone solos from songs, um, and you need to name the artist and the title. It's good fun if if you want to go on the, our socials and have not all from that. the nineties, just to be clear. No, no, that's true. Yeah, there's more eighties, maybe a couple of seventies, and then eighties and nineties. But it's it's good and it's hard. I got there's, there's, there's very a few, little. I mean, a lot of them you're like, yeah, done, done, done. But then there's a couple I threw in just to to spice it a little bit. Yeah, but yeah, you know, were this a better known song, I would absolutely put this solo in because this appeals to me. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's not a bad solo. I mean, yeah. it's it's, but, it's you know. in the middle of a massive dung heap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's like going, oh, I'm eating this. I'm eating this pie that is made entirely of turds, but there's a lovely strawberry in the middle. <laughs> Turd pie. Turd. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. I, I mean, I, I literally. I, I mean, tur- a turd isn't really that much of a swear word, is it? No, but just... no. But we need to get some use out of these things. We bought yeah. them after all. Exactly. Uh, well. You bought Oh, them. true enough, actually. Uh, yeah. Okay, so, and then this is, is this track 10? Track 10. This is one called Hold Us Together. Oh, he's broke out the drum machine. Oh, you see, weirdly, after the last song not being LL Cool J's I Need Love, yeah. this sounds like LL Cool J's oh, I Need Love loops. intro, yeah. This is the closest to enjoyment I've had in this record so far. This? Oh, so this far, no, horrible. No, in this bit... But there's, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this little kind of panpipe keyboard sound. I kind of don't actually mind this bit. Uh-huh. I quite like up to here. I'm with it. It's when the the, the 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 it's the singing and the chorus that gets sure. And I mean, we're talking about uh, his voice being just pretty soulless and flat. The backing vocals in this as well, which you you know usually might be. A bit of a an energy pump in there. Yeah. You go, they are the flattest backing vocals as well. Like he's 
almost deliberately got people who aren't as good as him so they don't show him up. No, I think what happened is he got people in and they were good. He had a conversation with them <laughs> and they were just so... Def- after having 45 minutes about tennis and God, they were like, oh, I've got nothing left. Yeah, all right. This is all I've got. Yeah, yeah so this is... It's just it's just more dog eggs. Uh, yeah. 44 minute 45 of me- yeah. me- meandering dog shit. Oh, oh you said it. Yeah. Uh, no, you're absolutely right. This is one of the low points for me. I think this is terrible. I mean, um, I, I I find it. I find differentiating low points in this like trying to pick out the the lowest bass note at a drum and bass rave. Okay, sure. Yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. But this one, every time I had it on, I was so tempted at every point of the song just to go. Oh, I, I need to skip this. At least I just get past this one because it was sapping my will this is not this not my it's not my least favorite oh one. right yeah i don't uh, know if, I, I, I don't know i didn't mark a least favorite oh but. i have okay right. all right okay so let's uh yeah so that's 10 tracks anyway well let's do oh god singles can we do the singles yeah yeah now? let's just oh get god back there, there are singles respite oh, thank sweet baby jesus <laughs> So singles in the week of April 25th to May the 1st. Top 10, uh, most of these we've seen. Um, number 10, Robin S, Show Me Love. Yeah. Number 9, R.E.M., Everybody Hurts. Number 8 is a new entry. Uh, see if you get this. Oh, yeah, um... No, the thing I'm thinking of is earlier. Um, oh. The only clue I'm going to give you is that uh, don't say too much about it if you like it or not because we're going to be doing the album very soon. Oh, it's, of course, it's New Order, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's his New Order Regret. Regret, yeah. yeah. and that's our next episode is going to be on that album. So we will leave it there for that one. Number seven uh, is Sybil, When I'm Good and Ready. Yeah, I'd have never got the song, by the way. No, uh, the, the title would have escaped yeah. me, yeah, for sure. Number six, Capella, You Got to Know. Number five, Snow Informer. Number four, Sub Sub 8, No Love, Ain't No Use. Number three, and I don't know if you'll you'll get this. you probably get who it is. Oh, I know this song. Oh, do you? Um, yeah, immediately I do. Um, do, 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 do. Yeah, I know this song. Oh. Uh, it, 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 when I got into it, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm pretty sure I, I have heard this, but I don't remember it at all. It's uh, Whitney Houston. Yes, it is Whitney. And it's um, Whitney Houston. They don't play anymore. Um, yeah, it's uh, one of the other songs from the Bodyguard soundtrack. It's off the Bodyguard. Uh, um, and it's, um, oh, what's it called? Hmm. No. Ah, uh, no. I, I, I'll get this in a second. Ah. I don't remember this one at all. You say. Oh, I know this one quite well. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's obviously it's top ten single, number three. Uh, what is? Ah, uh, uh, where's the change? I just can't hear the change in my head. really frustrated. <laughs> oh, I'm pleased that this has given me so much fun. I didn't think you'd know this at all. Ah. I'm not going to get to leave this. This is a brilliant song. 
I, I don't remember this part whatsoever. I, listen to I that. Like, how good oh, that no, is. It's classic Whitney. I still can't remember what it's called, Dave. No, it's called I Have Nothing. I Have Nothing. There you go. Yeah. Right. So, you yeah, know, I, I wouldn't have got I that. I Have after. Nothing. I Have Nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> there you are. Yeah. Well, that's pretty much how she sang it, yeah. Shut up. Uh, number two. Finally off number one, but it's been at number one for uh, a few weeks, is the Bluebells, Young at Heart. Yeah. But number one is a new number one. Okay, uh, it's uh, Elton John and uh, uh, George Michael. Uh, don't let the sun go down on me. No, no, it's the oh, other, no, it's it's the other one. Love. Somebody love. Oh, it's yeah. the George Michael Queen one. Yeah. Somebody George love. Queen, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I mean, this is a great version of yeah. that. So this is a brilliant song anyway. Yeah. But this is a really good version. Yeah. So. Me. Yeah, really cool, that one. Uh, so that's your top ten. A couple of new entries, but nothing much that we haven't seen before. But there are a good few singles. Okay. And weirdly, the first one I'm going to play you, this got to number 44 in uh, the week of April 93. But it, So it only got to number 44. It then recharted in 1994, which is when it got the recognition it should have had. Oh, nice. Because Let Loose. Let Loose. Yeah, yeah Crazy I for love you. this tune. Crazy this is you. such a good tune. Yeah, it's yeah. such a great like, kind of almost like a forgotten pop tune, this one. Isn't it, it totally is. Yeah, no, exactly. It's never talked about in the same, you know, the elevated status of yeah. some of the massive pop ones. But this is a, a yeah, great wee song. And yeah, I didn't realise this was out and didn't even make top 40 before it came back on. Wow, again. I didn't. So there you go. Um, so there's that one, Let Loose. This one, we'll see if you remember this. Got to number 17. Even if you just get the, the band on this, I'll be impressed. This is, you know, proper 93 R&B beat. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because, you know, it, it, it sounds like TLC. Indeed. But it's not. It, it's not TLC. But it's really, it sounds like it could be a lot of different people. Was it ringing bells? Yeah, that that right. that vocal. Yeah, I know who that vocalist is. Yeah. Oh, who is it? It's SWV. SWV. Right. Okay. Yeah. It says, "I'm so into you." I've never, never got the song. I don't. I don't. But yeah, no. You, it, it sounds like the other SWV yeah. songs. Yeah, sure. Uh, so that got to number seventeen. Uh, this one, and um, we've already mentioned, but uh, got number twenty-seven. Uh, well, we've already mentioned the album it's off. This is PJ Harvey. Oh, uh, of course it 50 is. 50-foot Queenie. Oh, God, I've, there yeah. you go. Sorry, man. I just completely... 50-foot Queenie. Completely brain-farted on that. I yeah, just, yeah, some, yeah. For some reason, my brain was in, because we've already mentioned it, my brain was like, is this Paul over Pyros? <laughs> right, sure. <laughs> what's, what's Perry Farrell doing? Uh, this one... <laughs> don't know if you'll get it. You probably... You, you must know this one. 
mean, you can pretend that you don't know it as much as you want. I don't like it. You don't like him? Oh, it's Damon fucking Albarn. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, It's uh, For Tomorrow by Blur. uh, Yeah. uh, Why would you do this? You know I'm trying not to swear. Fucking cunt. Yes, quite. Um, (laughs) uh, So, yeah, that one got to number 28. And it was kind of... Well, it, it wasn't the first one post-leisure, but it was marking this, the difference in sound that they were going towards. It was yeah. one of those ones where they're going into the mod stuff so, from so the baggie. Is this on Park Life? Or is this a non-album? No, no, no. Album? no, no, no uh, it, Modern Life is Rubbish is the, the album. Oh, that's but, right. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Legend and, of Modern Life. Oh, dear. Yeah, uh, but I can't remember if this was a single between albums and wasn't on the album. Right. Uh, no, no, that was pop scene. So, yeah, this would have been on Modern Life is Rubbish. Okay. Yeah. Right, so that was 28. Uh, Def Leppard's Tonight got to number 34, but we already talked enough about Def Leppard on their episode. Oh, we have, yeah. Uh, this, this one got number 46, and I can't imagine you'll get it. Because, um, you know, I know the, the band's name, and I know one song by them. It's a song called Religion, if that helps. I mean... Is it going to be like KMFDM or one of those? Yeah, one of like, those. Uh, like Einstein. Uh, no in Biden. Yeah. Uh, front 242. There you go, yeah. One yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah exactly. One of, one of them. One of That's them. exactly what it Skinny is. Skinny puppy. One yeah, of, yeah, sure. Um, Mega City 4 released Iron Sky, uh, which isn't on Spotify. Um, oh, this one. I didn't realise that this was a, a thing. So this, 93, this came out. Uh, got to number 46. And I didn't realise that this is the original. Freaky baby. Oh wow! So this is. This is I want to lick you up and down until you say stop. It's called Freak Me. Oh, Freak Me. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Um, and and that, as, as covered by uh, uh, Freaky. Yeah, whatever that band, Dane Bars. Yeah, yeah, another, another level. level. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but this is by a band called Silk. All right, okay. So this is 1993, Freak Me. Do you know what? I remember seeing Silk CDs in the, in the no, shelves. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think a lot of bargain bins at some yeah. point. Oh, I never I never knew. I thought that was an original song of this. Same here. Exactly. Ah. And the, the other level one would have been, what, 98, 99? Yeah. So a long time after this. I don't remember this one, this version at all. Uh, this is a wicked one. This one only got to number 42, but what a song. It sounds like Radiohead, but... Oh, it does as well. Yeah, it absolutely does, but no. Oh, it also sounds like JJ72, I've just realised. And Lou Reed. Okay. That Mark Lanigan? Yeah, exactly. Is it Mark Lanigan Band? Or no, no, it's Screaming Trees. Screaming Trees. What, yeah, it was on Sweet Oblivion? Uh, yeah, no. do- Dollar Bill. No, Sweet Oblivion was later. Oh, was it? Oh, I don't know. But yeah, this is this is Dollar Bill. It was at the same time yeah. as Nearly Lost You, so it was off that album, whatever that oh, was. Oh, that's yeah. But yeah, I, I have the uh, like a nice gold-coloured twelve-inch of this. Oh god, this is lovely. I haven't had this for so many yeah, years. Yeah, this is another one. I think I they they this. might have played this on one of the kind of No Nirvana type episodes right. of, of uh, the Late Show at some point. It was like, oh, this is really good. Uh, so there's that. Uh, got the number fifty-two. Fair enough. Um, 
That's what I mean. This is, this is the sort of thing, if we were playing, if we were at download playing the intros game, I would give you one second of this. Right. Oh, okay, fair yeah. enough, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all you're yeah, getting I'm on that not, one. Yeah, it's a bullet in the head. Yeah, exactly, yeah. got to number 16. Uh, Thousand Yard Stare, released a song called Version of Me, uh, got to number 57. Uh, this one, I don't know if you'll know this song. I think you probably had the album this was on. Is this, all, is, um, is this uh, Diggable Planets? No. No. I'll... Let's have a, oh, it's, I, I have got this, yeah. It's got the number 62. Come on. Uh, come on. Come on. Do this. Uh, come on, come on. Time to get wrecked and kick the so on and so on. B-I-C-E-T-O-G-M-C-L-A-P-D-H-A-T-E-E-S. Watch the mic blow. Oh, it's just whips and the dump. Yeah, I mean it. Yeah. And, and yeah, I know this tune. It's iced tea. It sounds really weird. In, oh right, it, it, it sounds it, weird it, in picture in the headphones. I see, but it is. It's iced tea. Um, I I think I actually have this 12 inch because I was trying to buy everything I could find at the time, yeah. and this was actually in the shops. Yeah, but this is on this is on uh, the sixth album, isn't it? It's on Home Invasion. This is on Home Invasion. Yeah, it's on Home Invasion. Is it, what's the track called? It's called I Ain't New to This. I Ain't New to This. Yeah. I know that album so well, and that just sounds really weird. I see. Um, but that's, unless is, that, is, is that the album version you're playing? As, as far as I know, it's just on the, the album off Spotify. I ain't new to this. Jump yeah. up, prove that. I ain't, I ain't new, new to this. Yeah. Yep. That's bizarre. No, yeah, that's, that's just that, that one. I lost that one in the in the annals of my brain. Fair somewhere. enough. Um, there's one... Should have had that straight away. I'm annoyed about that. Uh, there's one, a Packet of Peace by Lion Rock was released, and I didn't know Lion Rock were going in 93 either. We had this conversation on the podcast before. Like, about Lion Rock? Yeah, I, like, oh, I think right. like maybe last, like I think they had something like maybe last year or something, uh, and we were well, like, I didn't know Lion Rock were going here. Well, again, I still didn't. Yeah. There you are. And the last one I've got, and it didn't chart, but you'll absolutely know it, and I remember being so excited about this one. Oh, yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, um, yeah it's a sensor. Yes. Um, and it's uh, Which uh one? Is it, is it, is it, it's the it's, first one. No, it's eject. Yeah, it's eject yeah. exactly. Mate, when this came out, I was all over it. Dance floors, man! I was like, crazy. Quick kick step into this. Oh, mate! Yeah, I think this was released, uh, or rather, I'd, I'd seen it previewed on the chart shows indie chart for a couple of weeks or something like that. And as soon as it came out, I couldn't wait to get hold of this single. Yeah. And you could see me from our practice every single time I jack this. Yeah, what a tune! Yeah, man, didn't even chart, didn't even make top seventy-five. Big, big shout to uh, to Hatem's mm. uh, follow-up band Loadstar. Very yeah, underrated you were a band. There, weren't you? Yeah. Uh, fucking, did they support Tool? Yeah, they did. They did, didn't they? And uh, Hatem came out and uh, did uh, some vocals. Oh, really? Yeah, he did. Uh, I think we did. I think he did the uh, the Henry Rollins bit on bottom. Okay, and then he came out and played. I think he came out and played some uh, percussion during. Like that kind of triad disposition, you know that 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 three piece triptych instrumental oh, yeah. thing at the yeah, end yeah. of uh, of Lateralus. Right. Yeah. He did a bit of that. Well, well, well. Fade oh, disposition and right. Whatever the other one's called. All right. Okay. Th- that's what we have singles wise this week. I'm happy enough with those singles to be honest. I think that's uh, a nice little selection. That was a good selection, and yeah. uh, and that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> no, 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 no. We have four more Cliff Richard songs. Uh, do we? Or do we uh, have the same Cliff Richard songs? Well, quite. Okay, so the next one, let's crack on, let's get this done. This one's called Human Work of Art, which I presume explores similar themes to Heartwork by Carcass. Oh, of course, yes, well. And, you know, once again, I'm being put off by the sound of whatever this horn is. 
It's awful. Look, this is just more of the same. It's awful. It's awful. This was the third single. Right, 14 songs on this album, yeah? Yeah. Five singles released. All went top 40. I know. Crazy. I think three of them are top 10 as well, I think. Something like that. Uh, I think a couple of them. Uh, Okay, one minute 16 in this. He starts hooting like an owl. Oh, good. Let's have a look at this then. All right. I hope he gets shot. Lovely. I hope he gets shot by a farmer. Right, two minutes 32. Oh, yeah. It's it's just weird, and then there's a sax solo. It's just weird, weird. That's pretty... That could have been the title of this album, couldn't it? You could have just called this It's Weird, and then there's a sax solo. That voice. Don't do it, Cliff. You'll pull something. Oh, do you hear that? Just, just he was just squeaking underneath like a rhythmic fart. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you're walking downstairs right. and it's just coming out. This song should not be called Human Work of Art. Yeah. It should be called Sculpture Made of Shit. <laughs> this is this is Human a song. This is a song. <laughs> Fair I'm not sure if fart is a swear <laughs> word, but you, yeah. you're being overly controlled and I want to use this button. Um... <laughs> Look, this is this is just someone sitting in a padded room that doesn't probably look a lot different to this uh, studio. Mm. Uh, just just making a picture of their face, like of Lionel Richie's face, but instead of using clay, using their own uh, effluent. Right. This is a terrible song. This is a crime against humanity. It's awful. Bad. It's awful. It's awful. It's awful. And it's still not the worst song on this album. Oh, okay. Right. We still got to see. Well, yeah. I mean, this I think is dreadful. This was actually released in 1990 by Maxi Priest where it got to the heady heights of number 71 in the charts. So, you know, you might as well take a song that was already a hit and make it better. Yeah. Uh, awful. This was written by the same people, the, those Charles and Eddie ones that we mentioned before. Uh, but this got to number 24, which I, I'm not sure. Is that like scientific proof that Cliff Richard is better than Maxi Priest? I'm not sure. <sighs> I don't know, mate. I mean, look, Cliff Richard isn't even better than Maxi Pads, in my opinion. No. Certainly not as useful. Certainly not. I have nothing to say about this. The, the lyrics are weird. Um, the tune is non-existent on this. Uh, so what's, what's what's the difference between... Uh, Ma- bear in mind the thing we've just done about yes. that song. What have Maxi Priest and Maxi Pads got in common? Got in common? Yeah. Uh, they've both got the word Maxi in it. They both cover cunts. Hey, okay, right. <laughs> Come on. No, fair enough. Except it's the other way around. Cliff covered him. Oh, Cliff covered Maxi Priest. Yeah. Oh, but, but let's pretend that's not the case because that's All a right. good joke. Okay. Right, fine. You know, no, this is this is terrible, this song. Uh, I want to never ever hear it again. And it's, yeah, but it is. It's a weird premise. You know, portraits and poetry are frozen forms of perfection. You're a human work of art, a walking, talking new sensation. Give us the pain, the commemorate. Maybe he's, he's, the walking, talking is like the living doll thing that yeah. he did before, which, if you do think of it, is really not on. The whole no. song, it, you know, going to lock her up in a trunk yeah. so no big hunk can steal her away. Mm. That's not nice. But to call someone a living doll because she's a big Barbie. Mm. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's, that's track 11, and I don't like it. I don't care for it, so let's move on. Let's listen to a song title, uh, which is Advice You Can Tell He Has Taken uh, and Shouldn't Have. It's called Never Let Go. Oh, here we come again with a Kenny. Yeah. Kenny, Kenny G. Meandering, I've written here. Sure. Oh, God. 
never let go. I mean, and this was the fourth single out of the five. This was a single. Yeah, this is the worst one on the album. Oh, this is... I've, I've put... This is turgid shit. And I'm just... Buzz me because it's turgid shit. I've no idea why they would make this a single. No, this is this is the worst one. Right. I, I, I don't know what else to say. There's, there, is, there is no tune in this. No. There's nothing in it. It's just... You know, it, 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 it's almost a skit on a prog rock album. Mm. Uh, it's... And, and I mean that with the same invective that a 90s journalist would have said okay. that about problem yeah. albums. I would rather do my own vasectomy than ever hear this song again. Fair. Now, this is unbelievably dull. Ugh. Oh, listen oh, to it. It's like, from the intro, I wasn't sure where it was going to go, but I was even disappointed when it started this. I was thinking, oh, well, this is worse than I thought. This is this is awful. Yeah. And there, again, there's a saxophone solo in this. There's a key change. And yet it's still terrible. This is, you know, this is like finding a used needle in a bath you've just got out Right, of. yeah. Yeah. And it also, it's another one where it sounds like maybe someone's going to have to call the police. Because it sounds like he's talking to a woman who's chained up in his cellar. Like, I will never let you go. Woman in inverted commas. Well, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, mate, no, this is terrible. Um, it was the lowest placing of all the singles. We still got to number 32. I also, weirdly, whenever we were going through this and I was looking at what ones were singles, we're at track number 12 yep. of 14. Mm-hmm. And three of the singles are at tracks 11, 12 and 13. Who does that? Who puts three singles towards the end of an album? Uh, someone who has spent very, very little time or effort tracking their album yeah. uh, and is well aware that... Uh, an audience of rabid middle-aged menopausal women are just going to buy it anyway. Buy anything, yeah, true enough. Right, let's just move on from there. Let's listen to Healing Love. Oh, it's the worst guitar sound in the world. (laughs) Oh, what's with it? Hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, it's the worst bass sound in the world. Lovely. Oh, I hadn't noticed before, but those drum sounds, they're the worst drum sounds in the world. (laughs) In his mind, I think he's doing Paul Simon here, in his mind. Oh, you reckon? I don't hear that. I I I know what you're saying, but I can't can't hear it. I I think this is his kind of watered-down version of, we're going to do something a little bit worldy. Right, I see. And it's the same. It's just the old weird man singing blandly again. If you like this, mm. you're a cunt and probably a sex offender. Well, the thing is, I don't think this is any good at all, but also for me, this is right in the middle of the album in terms of quality. I think this is not terrible. See, I'm I'm on an endurance game at this point. I'm, well, yeah, I, I'm making yeah. my notes after listening to the whole thing as a piece yeah. and my... My filters are are going. My ability to yeah, you'd be, please stop at this yeah. point. Yeah, it's, it it yeah. it feels brutal at the minute. It feels like water torture. Right, you see, I think this is very average, and there are some bits in it. I'm like, oh, that that works. I don't think the sound of it works. Well, the sound of it sounds like it was again 1987. It's the same. It's the same as all of the other songs. The, the intro to this it made me think of Dance All Days by Wang Chung, which uh-huh. I really like. Um, and there are bits in it that make me think of various late 80s pop songs yeah. 
This was written by a guy called Dennis Morgan, who co-wrote Love Changes Everything for Climby Fisher. Right. And also, I Knew You Were Waiting For Me by Aretha Franklin, George Michael. That's great two song. Um, we saw him before on the, the podcast because he co-wrote a song on that Fleetwood Mac album that we had to do in 1990, and, and When It Comes makes, to Love. That all makes a lot of sense. Exactly, exactly. It sounds like this. But it was also co-written by Nick Kershaw. Actual yeah, I, Nick Kershaw. I, I saw Nick Kershaw on the yeah, overall album credits, but yeah, I didn't so this see... So this is the one he did. Um, and so, yeah, he is obviously known for his own songs in the 80s. He's co-written quite a lot of stuff with both Tony Banks and Steve Hackett of Genesis and yeah. different bits. Um, but he wrote 17 for Let Loose. Yeah. So this is the fourth or fifth time we've mentioned Let Loose in this podcast. And obviously he also wrote the one and only for Chesney Hawks. So at this point, to be writing a song for Cliff Richard is totally slumming it for Nick Kershaw. I hope he wasn't in some sort of financial difficulty. Look, man, we've we've all taken jobs we're not proud of for yeah. money. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. And this is Nick's probably low point. Absolutely. And this was the fifth single. This was the fifth and final single in December 93. I guess the record company went, oh, well, we got really something for Christmas. What else is there? And if you look back through this album, there's probably an A&R man at whatever label this was on just crying, going, please don't sack me. I know I have to make a choice. And having to pick one of these turds out of the bowl. I'll take that. Um, and the other thing I noticed, and I, I kind of noticed it towards the end of this album, and then I went back on my next listens. I think possibly every single song, but at least 12 out of the 14, fade out in the end. Yeah. They all just fade. They never stop. No. Which is kind of what you and, feel when you're listening and to I it. I was going to say, existentially, that is <laughs> where we are at with this record. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a lazy record, man. Anyway, yeah. uh, but luckily at this point, there is only one more song left. Oh, hold on. I want, I want oh, to just, I've got oh, a little no, point. You've got more on this. Well, just a, a little point. Um, at about four minutes, he goes for another high note. And oh, yes. I, I was like, oh, please, Cliff, stop it. Stop about healing the Oh, no, no, no. La Terrible, terrible. No, I just wanted to play that, basically. But yes, no, we're finally at the end of this album, so one more song. This one's called Brother to Brother. Brother to Brother. Oh, mm. bringing things right into the 90s with uh, Cliff doing Queen from the 70s. <laughs> I, I thought it was more um, uh, flying pickets. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this a cappella start. I'm sure I met someone from the flying, flying pickets, and I can't remember where now. Oh, right. Yeah. I think it was at one of my gigs. Oh, what, were they a comic now? Or no, no, I think he was just in one of the villages. Oh, I see. Yeah. All right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's some real... That, that is, you know, uh, somewhere out there tinkling in the background. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, there's some strings come in. It's all very kind of uplifting, inspiring. That's what he's trying to get. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's about his brother, isn't it? Well... I mean, or I'm guessing. Brother. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It's about wanting to be reunited with someone you've lost touch yeah. with and hoping that it's all going to be okay. Maybe it's a brother, maybe it's yeah. a mate, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've never listened to a song before and thought, oh, this song's made me hope his brother's dead, but this one did. No, <laughs> I see. Yeah. Um, I think he's going for the big rising crescendo song to finish the album off and leave on a, a high point, yeah. that sort of thing. Too little, too late, my friend. Well, yeah. It, I mean, I and think, also awful, so uh, failed. I, see, I don't think this is terrible. I, I don't like the start of the song at all. I'm going to skip into it, actually, because it starts like this, and then it does go a bit different. Let's just crack in. It, go, it goes into a more sort of show tune-esque. Um, but over, this shouldn't have... It should, this should have been more and bigger and better if this is what he's going for. 
I don't understand what you're hearing in this. Oh, I'm not hearing anything good, but I think this is, again, I see what he's going for, but he's not doing, he's not getting it. Right, okay. Um, but the same as you were saying, at this point, we're 14 songs in, yeah. and I was in shreds of having to, to think about writing stuff about it. And like we said at the very beginning, you know, this is a 62-minute album yeah. with, of 14 songs. And this is 1993. This isn't, you know, whenever we got to 97, 98 and everything was on CD and everybody wanted to fill the CD. You didn't have to do this yet in 93. No. Cliff, you absolute prick. Why would you... Yeah. Why would you make a 62-minute album, 14 songs, when you don't have to? No. You don't, you don't have to make any albums. Just release another well, greatest hits. Yeah, well, this is... And, can you remember whenever we were going through this? Oh, sorry. I've just buzzed myself. Uh, when we were going through all we were going to have to do, and Cliff Richards was on the list, and we both thought, oh, well, we won't have to do that. That'll be a greatest hits. Turned out it wasn't. It was just this. What? Yeah. Cliff, what? Pardon. So, unbelievable. Overall, it's awful. Shockingly it's bad. Awful. This Shockingly is, bad. To me, this has gone immediately to the top of the worst albums we have done on this podcast. Oh, right, yeah. This is this is significantly worse for me uh, than um, than the, uh, what was they called? The, Enigma. The Monks, Enigma album. Yeah. Uh, obviously, how, how do you feel about this versus Right Said Fred? Right Said Fred's still worse. I See, I don't think it is. I right. think I'd rather have Right Said Fred as a desert island disc than ever hear this again. I see. The, the things that I don't like about this, it, it feels cynical. It feels like someone with no ideas putting something together. It feels like a cash grab. Oh, it totally is. Um, well, you can tell that because he hasn't written any of the songs. No. But he, he doesn't care. But more than that, right, this to me is beyond a bad album. Right. The fact that it's a number one album, the fact that it had five top 40 singles off it, it's more. it's a national embarrassment. Oh, well, yeah. That's, it's, yeah. It's like every single person that bought this album voted for Brexit. Oh, easily. And they're all and, and they're all queuing for petrol at the moment. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's so funny. And I just yep. wish they'd drink it. Yeah. I agree that this is a dreadful album. But the difference for me is that it, because it's so bland in the middle of the road, it didn't annoy me in the same way that some of the albums we've had to do in the oh, past. But see, and for that... Very reason it annoyed me more. Oh, right. No, no, I for so right said Fred annoyed me so much more. That David Bowie album we did last annoyed me more than this. See, no, see, and, and there is an interesting juxtaposition because yeah. when something is bland and something is easy to listen to, th- those can be quite different things. Whereas I could easily put that Bowie album on in the background and just get mm. on with my day, get stuff done. It's something I mentioned in the podcast, yeah, yeah, and, qu- and, and it would be an enjoyable background to something, right. If this was on in the background, it is so overwhelmingly and cloyingly bland mm. that it, it would keep pulling me in and I would hear how awful it is. Right. That, right. For me, to shoot for something and fail and to be, a, you know, a kind of a, an interesting failure is always significantly worse than something like this, which is just poodled out, mm. pissed out, just done... Blo- <laughs> Done by rote, done for the mm. money, cash grab. This is everything that I hate in music. Everything that's wrong with it. It, it is fundamentally annoyed me. It's ruined my day, mm-hmm. right? And there wasn't even enough that's particularly funny about to really get your teeth into. Yeah. It's, it's well, just, no, you're right, because it is just so middle of the road. I just want him to stop. Well, it surely can't be much longer. Well, you Man's think, 80. You think that, but I think he's been drinking children's blood. Well, true. 
Yeah. No, this didn't annoy me, and therefore I was much better with it than some of the stuff that I really just got angry about, because this doesn't make me angry. Well... This just makes me, oh, God, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, I I think it should make you angry. Yeah. I think, it, I think it should. I think, I think it's a failure of... Of, of personal responsibility. <laughs> anyway, right. Um, well, right. we got to choose at least one song, mate, to put uh, on the playlist. You cho- I hate all of them. Choose whichever one you want. But the, the the one I felt most about was the first one, "Peace in Our Time." Okay, it's it's, it's absolutely abysmal, and I will skip it every time it comes on the playlist. That's, that's, I totally understand, but we got to do one. Right, that's that. Uh, I'm assuming we've got no Twitter feedback to to speak of uh, because let's have a look. why would anybody have bought this or have any opinions on it? Uh, let's have a look. Unless, unless there's any opinions just on Cliff Richard in general that anyone's given. I mean, we've had a couple of uh, of texts. Uh, uh-huh. Mike Collins, funnily enough, do I remember buying it? <laughs> yeah. Not really. Lol. It came out the same months as albums by Monster Magnet, Tool, Primus, Sugar, Sebado, Poor, Poor Knife Pyro's name a few. Unsurprisingly, not really on my radar. Looking forward to the episode, though. Thanks. Cheers, Mike. Uh, Stephen Hill from, uh, from Riot, Riot Act. Act. Yeah. Uh, I have great memories oh. of Dave tweeting me saying that you were going to cover it and me saying, rather you than me. Ah, <laughs> the halcyon days of the mid-September 2021. <laughs> Well, the, th- the other thing about, you know, he is obviously in the same boat as us in some of this because their kind of side project at Riot Act is the Broken Records podcast where they are looking for the worst album ever made. So they've had to do some real cack as well. Oh, unless you listen to this. Uh, Bradders 77. Uh, ah, I remember this album from when I was 16. First time I heard a proper angry breakdown was halfway through this record. The <laughs> breakdown in question was me throwing a hissy fit because GCSE revision at home was impossible with my mum playing this. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. There you go. Uh, well, no, that's that's more than I expected, if I'm honest. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so we've got a couple of tweets in there. Uh, guys, thank you for joining for this I mean what I can only describe as an epic piece of self-harm really was yeah but you know if nothing else it's done it's over we knew this was on the horizon for so long yeah at least we've got past it now this has been kind of sat there like a, you know like one of those things in the diary that you just that you you yeah. have a kind of silent oh, dread yeah. oh, about can we put that off a bit more uh, yeah but I mean I was I must admit I was hoping that it would be a little bit more risible sure yeah, uh, you know, I thought we might be able to have a bit more fun with it than we actually were, but it just made me angry. I don't know. I think I think uh, we got enough out of this one. We will see. Well, we'll guys, see. let us know what you thought of the yeah, episode. Um, let's, I'm not the one to say that. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm uh, I'm fairly sure this is not going to be one of the episodes where we're like, oh, we've had a load of extra. Uh, if you are, well, a Cliff, yeah, if you are a Cliff Richard fan, <laughs> you've just gone through this. <laughs> look, you didn't have to listen to the whole episode. You got. The, please don't. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, look, you're gonna do what you're gonna do. You can give us a one star review if you want. It's I your mean, right to do it. We just reviewed a Cliff Richard album and we clearly gave that less than one star yeah they, they, these people can just say in their prayers to smite us that is true yeah. That yeah I mean you're Christians forgive us yeah true yeah. there we go uh, anyway thank you for, uh, thank you for joining us as always uh, if you want to uh, try PayPal there's a link on the on the website uh, which is pclpodcast.com and we will be back next time with New Order we will be back with New Order indeed looking forward to that one I don't know I'm mixed about that I because I'm not a big fan but I hope that there's something in this for me maybe this will turn me around I'm sure there'll be some stuff to discuss in it Exactly. All right, we'll do that next. Anyway, uh, from uh, me and Krista and Waffles, a dog who was buggered off some time ago. We'll see you next time. Cunt. Thank you for checking out this episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. It was produced and edited by us, for which we can only apologise. We're on Twitter, at PCL Podcast. On Instagram, also at PCL Podcast and facebook.com slash pclpodcast All of these plus links to our various Spotify playlists etc are on our website which is pclpodcast.com 
please feel free to get in contact via any of the social media or on pclmusicpodcast at gmail.com. 